You're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. No Mets baseball tonight, just me in the sports zone, taking it till 9 o'clock, and we got a lot to get to. So much football as everybody gets excited with the Giants about to get underway, you know, in uh, about an hour or so at MetLife, taking on the Cleveland Browns, and you got the Jets and Falcons tomorrow as they start their preseasons, and it's that time of year where you start to feel good about football being around the corner, and, you know, I know everybody gets excited about the NFL, and it's here, we got games, the preseason aren't really games. As we mentioned last night, it's less about the entertainment and enjoyment and more about information and evaluation, right? You're going to watch the game because you want to see what Saquon Barkley looks like for the first time in a giant uniform. If you see him, you know, out there and take the field, you assume that he will, or you want to see Davis Webb. I mean, you want to see, you know, some of the backups and how they're going to look and maybe some guys that you don't know that could jump out. You want to see how the new 3-4 defense is going to look under Pat Shermer. You want to see Pat Shermer's style in the offensive line. So there's a lot of things that you want to see tonight that you haven't seen yet. I mean, especially when we're talking about a new coach, new system, and all that stuff. So it's not excitement because nobody cares about the result of the game, but more about, okay, the excitement that we're getting closer to the games that matter, the excitement that football is here, and about evaluation and you know gaining information watching Whichever team it is that you root for tomorrow, you're going to want to get a good look at Sam Darnold. Whether you're Jeff in or not, I would think you want to see what Sam Darnold can do. So that'll be fun. We'll do plenty of Jets later on, uh, 8.05 specifically. We'll do some Jets. 7.05, we'll go around the NFL with Clark Judge of the Talk of Fame Network. So a lot of football stuff here for you tonight. Baseball as well. Yankees take it on the Texas Rangers. Yanks return home after getting swept by the Red Sox, then sweeping the White Sox. They now return home to take on the Texas Rangers. Jay Happ makes his return from the DL with the, uh, you know, Coxsackie disease. Uh, so let's see what Happ could do tonight against the Rangers. Yanks, uh, no surprise, heavy favorites. But, and we'll get to plenty of the Mets stuff. You know, th- look, the Rosario in center field, I'll give you my thoughts on that. I really didn't do much of it last night with Pete. As a matter of fact, we didn't do any of it. Um, and we'll get to, we have Mickey Calloway or six, uh, supposed to do, speak to Mickey 635. At least I'm being told. So we'll see if that happens with Mickey at, uh, at 635. Also the stupid MLB nicknames thing. Enough with, uh, enough with the nicknames. We'll get into that, but they want to start with the Yanks and they have issues. I mean, I know that they're nice issues to have as a Met fan. You would kill to have the Yankee fans issues. But it's not the juggernaut that maybe you thought it was going to be midway through the year. Forget about the Red Sox right now. They're on another planet. I mean, I, I don't know how the Red Sox just don't lose. They're good. They don't seem that good to me. They've been fortunate as well. And the Yanks haven't been fortunate. The Yanks have made all the moves. They you know try to do everything they can, put the best team in place. And even with that, sometimes doesn't matter. And obviously the bad luck with Aaron Judge going down, the latest today's running... But he's not going to be able to pick up a bat yet, still feeling some pain. Those wrists are tricky. I mean, if there's no Aaron Judge, forget it. Doesn't matter for the Yanks. They can't win the World Series without Aaron Judge. And it's not just him. It's no Judge. It's no Sanchez. Sanchez, remember, already a guy who was hurt, came back, and then had to go away again. So maybe it's just a lost year for him. You don't know. You can't rely on Sanchez. Maybe more so Judge, but... With that wrist, that could be that is not good news, the fact that he has not been able to pick up a bat yet. They need to get Aaron Judge back and healthy. 
you know, the more you watch them without him, and I know Stanton hit the big home run last night, had a big home run on Tuesday night as well, right? Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, so finally, he's starting to hit big home runs in the absence of Aaron Judge, but is he going to keep that going? If so, maybe they can get by. I still don't think this team can win a World Series without all the pieces in place, in particular Aaron Judge. And we didn't even mention Araldis Chapman, who in the game that Stanton hit the big two-run homer to give them a two-run lead a couple of nights ago, Zach Britton then blew that game, giving up the two-run homer to Jose Abreu. Chapman didn't go in that game because of rest, and he's talking about not feeling 100%. And we knew that that might be the case coming into the year because of the wear and tear over the years on Araldis Chapman. He's always, it seems, banged up. And the beginning of this year, I mean, he, he looked as unhittable as ever before. Now, all of a sudden, that's not the case. Had major issues Sunday night baseball against the Red Sox. Can't find the strike zone. Blows the game. You can rip and do hard all you want for the bad defense. Chapman's got to be better than that. That was a crushing blow. Then he's getting extra rest, and you don't you worry about his health, not only now, but also moving forward. Because, yeah, all right, they have Batances still. They still have Robertson, Green, and obviously Britton, who they brought over in the trade with the Orioles. But you don't trust any of those guys the way that you do with all this Chapman. So that is an issue. So if you keep in count, Judge, Sanchez, Chapman, and then even Luis Severino, who last night got the win, settled down after a rough, a rough first inning. If you were listening to me last night, we were talking about that, gave up the two in the first, but the Yanks offense got that right back. And then some Severino settled down, seven innings, three runs. Still not ace-like. I like to start against the Red Sox better, even though maybe the numbers weren't as good. A tougher lineup, tougher atmosphere and situation. But he still hasn't been the Severino that he was the majority of the year until the last five, six starts or so. That is a big concern. Because, you know, if Severino is not pitching like that ace, again, without Judge, I mean, they, they have no chance. So it's just a matter of expectations. You could rip the Mets for a plethora of reasons. You you don't rip necessarily the Yankees, but you do have to look at it and say, you know what? Maybe it's not going to be the way that we thought it was with them just going on through the American League and getting to the World Series and winning a World Series. I think the majority of people felt that before the year. I think a lot of people felt that even before that Red Sox series, that the Yankees still were the best team. I certainly did. You got the A's hot on their heels. I don't think the Yanks would miss out on a wild card spot, even with all that has gone on. But now what was, you know, the expectations were win a World Series or bust, and it's still that. But you have to be realistic and think that that might not be as attainable as it was, that the breaks didn't go their way. And if Judge can't come back fully healthy in a few weeks, And if Severino doesn't pitch like the ace that he was pitching like earlier in the year, if Chapman can't get or stay healthy and be a dominant closer in the back end of these games, Yankees are going to have some trouble. Because that American League is, I mean, that is going to be a gauntlet. Forget the wild card game. I mean, which is hard enough. A one-game playoff, whether it's at Yankee Stadium or in Oakland, that's, that's tough. The A's with nothing to lose, that type of team, you'd hate to play that type of team in a one-game playoff, especially in Oakland. And they owe the Yanks, too, for years of getting beaten down in the postseason, you know, dating back to, obviously, what was the early 2000s, late 90s, whatever it was, when they would match up. I think it was the early 2000s. 
But just say you win that, then you got to play Boston, and not to mention Houston or even Cleveland, who could be dangerous. So the American League is going to be held to such a high standard here. You have to have all the pieces in place, everything clicking on all cylinders, and you have to be lucky. Yanks have all the pieces in place, but they're some of them are injured right now. And they haven't been very lucky. Going to be tough for them to go on a run where there's now, I mean, basically you're giving up on the division. You're staring at, right now the goal is get healthy, get to the wild card game, and advance. That's it. Get healthy, fully healthy, get to the wild card game, and then you hope to win that wild card game and have your full arsenal and go at it with the Red Sox in that division series. Still look, I mean, still exciting the rest of the way. Just there are bigger concerns than maybe you would have thought mm, about eh, even a couple weeks ago. Really, once Judge went down, the pieces started to fall. And maybe even before that, Yanks weren't playing as great as they were. It's been just about since the All-Star break, maybe a little before the All-Star break, that the Yanks haven't looked like that same juggernaut that we thought they would be. Jay Happ tonight taking on the Rangers, see what the Yanks can do there, uh, and you know continue their winning streak, which is now three games after sweeping the Chicago White Sox back home in the Bronx. We'll get to the Mets. We'll do plenty of Giants and Jets, as we mentioned before. Saquon Barkley making his debut. The thing you like about the Giants, too, they'll be uh, taking on the Browns, so they'll be featured in Hard Knocks in uh, future episodes. you get to see some of, the, uh, you know, some of the action from the game. I love when they do that uh, from Hard Knocks, so you, maybe Giant fans get to see it from a different angle outside of just watching the preseason game tonight. Plenty to do. Mets tickets to give away as well. Mickey at 635. It's the Sports Zone. Sal Licata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Remember, we'll talk to Mickey, 635, so stay tuned for that. Just reading on Twitter, catching up here. Andy Martino of SNY.TV. Well, SNY, and uh, on the website, SNY.TV, writing about the Mets' general manager search. Um, uh, Quote, Andy, it's early, uh, but there's some names that I guess you keep hearing about. Ben Charrington, Michael Chernoff, Dan Duquette, Jed Hoyer, Dan O'Dowd, Jared Porter. Um, So obviously a bunch of different names there. Andy goes on to report that um, he thinks some of those names are legit. Some of them, maybe not. Uh, The interview process uh, was expected to begin in September. Could be pushed back to October, obviously, because some of the guys still on teams that are in the postseason. Mets have not reached out yet to candidates or asked their team's permission to interview anybody. Um, uh, And and this was one thing I found interesting. And again, this is from Andy Martino on SNY.TV with this latest. Although the Mets briefly considered using an outside firm to assist with the search, it now appears uh, they're going to handle it themselves. I don't understand why you wouldn't hire a search firm. I feel like a lot of organizations do that. I feel like that's good practice. I mean, no stone goes unturned. Is that uh, the saying? I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I guess it's going to be Fred and Jeff Wilpon, Omar Minaya, John Rico going to be involved in the process. Weird that Rico would be involved in the process. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm hearing mixed things on Rico. I, I would think that the guy would want the job, but I'm hearing he doesn't necessarily want it and that he kind of sees the writing on the wall that they don't want him, therefore he doesn't feel the need to you know, openly try to get the job. Now, would, would that mean does he stay on in his current role? I have no idea. Would he be happy with that? Would he look to go somewhere else? I don't have a major... I, I actually like Rico. 
Aside from one interview I heard him do, I believe it was with our own Wayne Randazzo on one of the pregame shows here, that he mentioned you know Travis Darno and Ploiecki next year, which just drove me up a wall. I mean, I don't care who the GM is. It can't be Ploiecki and Darno next year. Catch him. Please. So that bothered me. But other than that, I feel like Rico, you know, who's to say Rico can't be Ben Charrington or any of these other guys? You know, he's he knows the organization. He knows the city. I also feel like he's calculated right now. Anytime he meets the media, he's talking like a guy who is aware of what he is saying and who might be hearing what he's saying, as opposed to just speaking freely and comfortable and confident in what he's doing. Now, it's hard to be like that when you're not comfortable and confident because you don't have the job. Right, you're tr- maybe you're trying to get the job, and you don't want to upset anybody, so you're very cautious of the way that you say things in the media. But even with doing that, I still think he has a nice balance of, you know, not taking ownership off and being upfront with the media. We've had Rico on this show over the years, maybe once or twice. I forget uh, Pete and I had him, or whatever it may be, and I, I liked him and. I mean, not that that really means anything, but I I think that he is open and honest. I do think that he's a smart guy. I do think he gets the fan base and understands the frustrations that the New York fan base has. I would not be opposed to it. I know other people just say, yeah, you have to clean house and get everybody out of there and start over. I'd be okay with that, too. I mean, you could certainly make an argument for that. I just, I mean, do you know for sure that Rico's not going to be a good GM? How do you know that? I mean, you got to start somewhere. You need the opportunity to prove that you can do the job. It's not going to be the same exact thing that it was under Sandy Alderson. Rick goes his own man. There were restrictions that they had because he wasn't calling the shots. He could give his input, but ultimately it was on Alderson to call the final shots. So maybe he would be more aggressive or different in certain areas. You don't know. I would like to think if given the opportunity... Or at least he should be given the opportunity to see what he could do. Now, can you do better, more proven candidates? Of course. And I'm not opposed to that. I get it. But I don't think Rico has done anything that would make me say, oh, no, you can't give it to him. you got to go out of market or out of uh, organization to hire somebody else. And by the way, it doesn't matter what I think because he's not getting the job. It's not going to be John Rico. It is going to be somebody else from the outside. It's just a matter of... You know, I guess how ownership, uh, combined with Manaya and Rico themselves, deal with uh, or decide on which guy they'd want to work with. But if I ask you this, I mean, do you know anything about Jared Porter? Jed Hoyer? I mean, Dan O'Dowd? You can look over what they've done with the certain teams. You're not, you don't know how they're going to handle certain things. At least with Rico, you know what he is. You know what you're getting. A guy who's been in the organization, understands it, knows it, knows the town. So I think that there's some comfort there, at least for me. Now, again, doesn't matter because it's not going to happen. Uh, and again, regardless of who the GM is going to be, one of the stupid things that I saw yesterday, I, I, I can't even believe that this was a story. Uh, Kevin Kernan, I guess, was the first to report it. Kevin Kernan of the Post, that the Mets were, cons- <laughs> the Mets were considering moving Ahmed Rosario. And if you're not familiar with Ahmed Rosario, he is, uh, well, at least going into last season, was uh, one of the top prospects in all Major League Baseball, the young shortstop that the Mets have. The future, him and Glaber Torres, top prospects in Major League Baseball. This was his first full season in the big leagues. Um, and they want to maybe move him now from shortstop to center field. 
Is it is it too much to ask? And I've said this before, whether it's Cespedes at first or Bruce at first or Conforto in center or whatever, Reyes in the outfield. Is it too much to ask to actually get guys to play a position that have played the position before? Like, let's say... Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we could use... Yeah, Dom Smith is another example. You, in, in the outfield as well, he's supposed to be a first baseman. Let's just say that Ahmed Rosario played shortstop every day of his life growing up, right? So he's an actual shortstop. You'd want him, through through all different levels, you'd want him to play shortstop. If you have a guy like Michael Conforto that played left field, let's say, his entire career, have Michael Conforto play left field. There's a center fielder out there somewhere that you can get to play center field. And the Mets haven't done that in years. The closest was Cespedes when he first got here, and even that was a stretch and didn't last long, although that was the best team that they had when he was, in fact, in center field. Can you just get a guy who's actually played that position, whether it be college or in the minor leagues, and... That was his job. That's the position that he is, and you put him at that position as opposed to moving guys around all over the place. I mean, Ahmed Rosario to center field may be the dumbest thing I have heard, and there have been a lot of dumb things that has happened with that organization over the years. This may take the cake. I mean, if you don't like Ahmed Rosario as a shortstop, fine. Trade him. Move him. And get somebody in here who could play shortstop. I've been talking about it for months. Trade Rosario in a package for Real Muto so you can actually get a catcher who actually plays catcher and knows how to play the position and is good at it, and then go sign Manny Machado, who could play shortstop. You're moving Rosario to center field for what? Who's going to play? What are you doing with the gluttony of people in the outfield then? And who's going to play shortstop? It, it is the stupidest idea that I have heard. I mean, I, I laugh it off. I don't even want to entertain it. But the idea that that would even be thought about is beyond asinine to me. He's You, you developed him. You sold him as the future shortstop, the prime prospect in this organization. And less than a year or, or less than a full season into his first year in the big leagues, you're already talking about moving him to center field? Yeah, I really believe in the future of this team. 800 I don't know if we'll be able to get to that. We have short time, uh, obviously a time restriction with Mickey, but we'll talk to Mickey next about a couple of topics. You don't want to miss that. Mets tickets to give away two at some point before we say goodbye at nine, but Mickey next on The Voice of New York, the Sports Zone. Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy, 710 WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. We'll get into plenty of football. 7 o'clock, we'll talk to Clark Judge, Talk of Fame Network. We'll go around the league. 8.05, we'll do some Jets specifically. We can get Giants in, whatever it is that's on your mind before then or during then. 800-321-0710 is the number to call. Mets tickets to give away as well. And we're, uh, yeah, okay, he is there. We, I'm being told we uh, have the honor of being joined by Mickey Calloway. And I know your time is short, Mickey. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I'll get, uh, you know, try to stay positive here. I know it's been a rough year for you guys. Man, Jacob DeGrom, the guy continues to just go out there and dominate every fifth day, huh? This guy is a wrecking machine. 
and he's hungry. Yeah, he really is, Mickey. And, uh, I mean, is the one bright spot for you in an otherwise tough year. Jacob deGrom has been the one bright spot. You ever let him know how, you know, how valuable he's been to you and your ball club? And I tell you something. Well, if he wasn't here, he, I probably wouldn't be alive today. The fact that you're here and doing as well as you're doing gives me, what do you call it, a motivation? Huh? To stay alive. Little by little, we lose everything. We keep losing and losing till we say, you know, oh, what the hell am I living around here for? I got no reason to go on. Yeah, it's been tough. I understand that. Without him, there may, there may not be a reason to want to continue. I'll tell you this, though. One guy I love, Mickey, on your ball club is Michael Conforto. And not just because, you know, his last name ends in a vowel like mine, but I believe that Conforto could be an all-star, a perennial all-star. I know he was last year, but he still never had that year start to finish. Uh, starting to look like him old se- his old self the last few weeks. What advice has, have you given Michael Conforto this season? You're going to roll over him like a bulldozer, an Italian bulldozer. Yeah, and he's, you know, look, he's starting to attack the baseball, taking it uh, opposite field as well, hitting it with some authority. Uh, we'll end, obviously, on a sad note, Mickey. I know you got to run. It's been a rough year with injuries, in particular to your superstar, Yoenis Cespedes. You guys have developed, a, it seemed, a good relationship back in spring training, or even before spring training, and, and obviously throughout. Uh, but then he, he got hurt. How do you talk to Cespedes about dealing with the significant injury that he's, that he's been dealing with? And if you ever get hurt and you feel that you're going down, this little angel is going to whisper in your ear. He's going to say, Get up, you son of a bitch! Because Mickey loves you. All right, thanks, Mickey. I appreciate the couple. I mean, Mickey sounds a little different there. Uh, his voice a little raspy. You think he was uh, producer Mark? Uh, you think it was a little raspy? What we had was that, in fact, Mickey Calloway. Or? Yeah, it was definitely Mickey. He no. called me from his cell phone. Sounded legit there. I mean, he had interesting things to say about Cespedes. The injury. I like that. You know, Mickey. He's a fan of love. You know, the most fire we've ever heard from him. Mickey loves you. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Joel in New Jersey. Joel, you don't care who the GM is next year. It's an irrelevancy, and I'll tell you very simply why. The Mets' salary right now is at $152 million. If you take out the three-quarters of right salary that's covered by insurance, it's at $137 million. That's below the league average. We're in a major market of New York. And the reason the GM doesn't matter is because the Mets' ownership isn't going to spend any money. If you look at where their revenue comes from, and that's all that the ownership team cares about, it's mostly from SNY and things other than the gate. That's about $300 million in total. The gate is about $100 million. At the end of the day... How do you have all this info? Is this public info? It's all public. Oh. Certainly find it on the web if you're at all interested. Mm-hmm. But, but the more important issue is simply this. When you have an ownership team that mostly cares about its real estate holdings and making money off the net television network and not about building a winner because they can continue to get revenue, even if they put a team that is not very good on the field, that's what's going to drive them. The Mets need a new Joe, let me ask you, let me just ask you, let me ask you a question. Was their problem this past offseason spending or spending poorly? Both, but, but the lack of will to spend is going to continue into the future. Well, well wait a so, second. Where was the lack of will to spend this year? Well, you, you, did, you certainly didn't see the Mets go after Machado. You certainly didn't. Well, he's not Mets a free agent yet. He's not a free agent yet. He's a free agent this year. Right. At the end of- but the Mets could have put a package together. Joel, 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 Joel. You can't 
Why in the world would the Mets trade for Manny Machado in a year where they're lucky to win 70 games? If they want him, they just sign him in the offseason. The reason the Mets didn't make any moves of significance this year and have someone like Jose Reyes starting for them, which is an abomination, no other team in a major market would ever consider that, given his lack of skills at this point, is because they don't care about winning. I think that... Look, I think, and thanks for the call, Joe. You bring up some look. You bring up some information that I don't care to know, and I'm not aware of the, the finances and all that, and how they make money. I don't care about that. What I care about is the team on the field actually going out there and winning. And we talked about last year being a big off season for this team, that they had to go out there and show you they were going to try to put together a winner. And what they did was spend on quantity instead of quality, and it was a big mistake. Big mistake. But it's not like they sat on their hands and didn't sign anybody. They went out and paid for a bunch of guys. Swarzak, Frazier, Bruce, uh, Vargas, unfortunately. I mean, all of them have been Reyes at $2 bucks. All the moves that they made were the wrong moves. Now, you can argue that they were trying to get better value and more players, you know, better bang for their buck, so to speak. That's why I keep talking about quantity instead of quality. But you can't argue that they didn't spend because they did spend. You also can't argue that their $30 million player is not hasn't played in two years. That's Cespedes I'm talking about, not David Wright. The other big-time guy, David Wright, hasn't played in three or four years, whatever it's been. So a large chunk of their payroll is on you know the two highest-paid players on the team, Cespedes and Wright, I'm assuming that those are the two highest-paid, they, they don't play. And the insurance is not all of it. You don't know that. You don't know the books and the finances. Here's what we do know, though, right? We could agree on this. They need to show you this offseason that the priority is winning. Nobody ever questions that with the New York Yankees. They may not win all the time, They may not make all the right moves, but they always try to put the best team possible on the field. Always. You cannot say that about the Mets. Now, you cannot say that about a lot of other teams, but this is New York City. This is not a market that settles for anything less than the best. Have to prioritize winning. They were in the World Series a few years ago. They followed it up with a wild card berth for the second time in the history of the franchise since 1962, back-to-back playoff appearances. Injury ravaged year in 2017, thought it was an aberration. They tried to add coming into this year. They just spent poorly. Now it's time to say, okay, well, whatever we were doing, not working. And they're going to hire a new GM. He's going to have a new plan. And they're going to go from there. But they are going to have to spend money. And to me, it's about getting Manny Machado. It's about getting Bryce Harper. You you, you can't buy players anymore who are decent players or question marks. They need legit star players. Can't buy them all, but you could buy one and then maybe trade for one. Nelson in Miller Place, what are your expectations for the Mets next year? All right, as a long Mets fan since 1973, this is what I've come to expect from the Mets. I want a team that's going to compete every August and September, not necessarily win a pennant, 
I know we're not the Yankees. I know that that's not that's not our uh, our modus operandi. With that being said, when we have these down periods, it, this is the only time like I can afford to go to a game and take my family to a game. I mean, right now they have a fifteen dollars special ticket, a token, a hot dog. Yeah, in New York, it's a different breed. You can't break down a whole team and expect to charge the prices that you get. So my modus operandi with the Mets is go to one game a year, and if they're having a bad year and they have ticket specials, I'm going. But next year, we have to spend wisely. Well, yes, I think that that's the case, Nelson, and thanks for the call. Look, it's not cheap to go to any sporting event, but, I mean, to take your family to a game and all that, it costs a lot of money. And a lot of people don't care about the result of the game or how the team's doing. You want to go for something to do. It's a beautiful ballpark, great food, great atmosphere, and regardless of where they are in the standings, you know, maybe they win that night and you and your family have a good time. But to get the big commitment from fans, you know, the the guys, the the people who go to – you know, 10-plus games a year or buy the ticket packages, that that takes a commitment to winning. You have to show a commitment to winning. I've talked to a bunch of people who were so turned off by the last couple of years that they just they don't have it in them anymore to emotionally invest or obviously financially invest. You would invest if you knew that the team was going to be good. If you knew that you had some good... You know, if Manny Machado signs here... Ticket sales are going to go up. It's simple math. People will be excited about that. They'll believe in the franchise, believe in the direction. There's a lot there. Usually you have to spend money to make money. And I'm not saying the Mets haven't spent money. They haven't spent probably where you want them to spend, and they certainly haven't spent it wisely. Allen and Queens still not over the Jacob deGrom Cy Young talk. Yes, Sal. How are you doing? I would give it to him if he ends up with a winning record. Because even uh, King Felix had a winning record when he won the uh, Cy Young. Okay, thanks, Alan. Uh, appreciate you checking in. The nightly check-in with Alan and Queens about Jacob DeGrom. I don't think he needs a winning record. He's the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. He continues to be that every fifth day. If he does continue to do that the rest of the way here, we're almost, you know, we're almost done. I mean, it's now mid-August. He, he should win the Cy Young, regardless of what his record is. And I don't care about the other silly stats that people want. Now, the problem is that the writers across the country only are going to look at the stats. They maybe haven't seen DeGrom pitch more than a game or two all year long. It depends on when he faced their team, how many times he faced their team, or if they're actually sitting down watching a game, all that, all that stuff. So they go based on the numbers. And if you value the win-loss record, if you value, you know, the strikeouts or the innings pitch, maybe that's a little knock in the camp of DeGrom, but DeGrom's been the best pitcher. Pound for pound, every fifth day, DeGrom has been better than Max Scherzer this year. He deserves the Cy Young. Rich in Riverdale. Rich, I think we agree that you, you always want the Mets to, to build a winner, right? So. First of all, it's Rich from River Vale. Oh, River Vale, I'm sorry, yeah. River Vale. All right, second, I I want my team to win all the time. I, I I'm not. I've been a Mets fan since the mid '70s, and I don't I, I don't want them to do poorly so I can afford to bring my kids to a game. I want them to win. I go to ten to fifteen games a year, and I bring my son and my best friend comes with me. Before we even walk into the stadium, I've dropped $50 on tolls and parking. Yeah, it's a lot. I know. Gas, and, not to mention gas. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I have a question. What, I want to know if Dominic Smith is a Major League Baseball player. Well, right now he's not. I mean, do, right. you, do you, what, what, He should be up here. 
Um, well, I mean, but you could say there's a lot of players on the team right now that probably shouldn't be in the major leagues, but he yes. should be up here to evaluate them. Yes, these guys should be up here to see if they can actually play, and these guys who are at the end of the, end of the line, they should... I like Jose Reyes, I like Batista, but I want to win, and I want to know how these guys are going to do in the future. Well, we know how Jose and, and what Batista did in the past. He, he shouldn't be here. A, a roster spot, and thanks for the call, Rich. Look, a, a roster spot should not be wasted on Jose Bautista. Not with this team. It doesn't make any sense. And he's been he's been serviceable. He's been decent for the Mets here. I mean, he's nothing special, but he's better than the other junk that you've seen the majority of the year with this team. So I get why he's there. Maybe he's a good veteran presence in the clubhouse. He should not be a, a roster spot. Should not be wasted on Jose Bautista. Now maybe they look to move him here at the uh, before the waiver deadline and all that stuff. I, I don't know the answer to that, but what I do know is there is zero point to having Jose Bautista get at bats on this team. And you could say the same thing for Jose Reyes. Difference is Reyes a long term met, and at this point it doesn't really matter. I don't mind keeping Reyes on the roster. He should not be starting every single day. And I'm saying I don't mind at this point because the games are irrelevant. So if you want to keep Reyes around now, you've you've already kept him around way longer than he should be here. What's the difference of another month and a half? Let the thing play out, and that's that. But I, the, I mean, Reyes said the other day he wants to come back. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even know if I want him back as a coach. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. More of your calls on the other side. Mets tickets to give away. We'll do that before we say goodbye at nine o'clock. Football at seven o five as well. Baseball, football talk throughout. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. The Sports Zone. Salakata filling in for Pete McCarthy. The Voice of New York. Seven ten. W O R.